Welcome to the Off Trail Podcast. I'm Constantine. And I'm Magpie. And this is a show about light outdoors. Come take a step with us into what it takes to be a hiker, backpacker, rock climber, cyclist, or any other type of outdoor adventure. Let's get to stepping. Alright, welcome back to the Off Trail Podcast. My name is Constantine, and today we have the one and only Chandler. So Chandler... I think that's your real name. Chandler? Yeah, Chandler. Yeah. All right. We're Lord. Thank you for joining. Yeah, no, great to be on. Long-time listener, first-time caller, you know. <laughs> and, uh, it's great to be on. How did I know you were going to say that, man? Like, I had a feeling <laughs> that is what you were about to say. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we kind of just uh, have a good synchronize. Uh, Synchronized, uh, what's the word? I don't know. Whatever that word Synch- is, we have that. Synchronicity, yeah. We were talking Synchronicity. about... Synchronicity. Pokemon and choosing Pikas against grizzly bears for a while at one point. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, no, Pikas would, yeah, they'd win. Quick tangent here before we get into it. Who would have been your choice of Pokemon animal in Wisconsin? Oh, in Wisconsin? You know, um, gosh, I saw a porcupine. That was the coolest animal. <laughs> so, like, those things, like, how can you how can you mess with a porcupine? Dude. They just got that, that ultimate protection that they can just, like, go into a barrel roll, and then they're just unstoppable at that point. That is true. They also can chew through, I don't know if it's steel or iron, but they can chew through some, like, heavy, heavy metal, too. Yeah, and they can climb trees, you know, and they can just be stealthy, and they can just, like, jump on you kind of a thing, I feel like. They are stealthy animals, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're pretty awesome. Like, you don't see a lot of them, but when you do, it's like, that's, like, porcupines are awesome. I've always told Magpie that the porcupine, if it loves you enough, it won't be pokey. So I've been always trying to convince her to, like, brush its quills, which, disclaimer, for people listening, don't mess with wildlife, but I've always jokingly tried to make her, like, hug a porcupine, and I'm just saying, you gotta really love it, and it won't poke you, but she doesn't believe me. Yeah, you just gotta go against the grain, I think, you know, (laughs) when you pet it, you know, like, you can't go both ways, you only can go one way. It's like shark skin, right? Only one way is okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, you tickle the the belly the wrong way, then they're gonna eat you, but, you know, if you just do it nicely, like, they're just, they're just, they wanna be cuddly animals. They They all do. Down. Every animal wants to be cuddled, so. I would even go as far as saying maybe they're trying to embody, like, the cuddliness of a marmot, but just pokier. Yeah, I mean, everything wishes it could be a marmot. (laughs) I think this is kind of how it works. Like, marmots are just like the uber Alice of all animals. you You can't get more soft and cuddly cute than a marmot. There's never a truer statement has been said on this show. Everything wants to be a marmot. Is there marmots in Wisconsin? I don't know if I saw uh, No, I do not believe so. I think they need mountains to live in. <laughs> okay. And uh, Wisconsin is a little uh, little flat on the mountains. A prairie marmot also sounds like a, I don't know if the right word is sad animal, but it, it, it conjures up a picture that's not super fluffy. Yeah, I mean, they need boulders and rocks to hop around, you know, mm-hmm. and like hide under and all those kind of things. And I mean, they got like weasels and... Like, you know, like weasels are kind of like maybe a wannabe marmot of sorts, but yeah, they don't, they got nothing on real marmots. A wannabe marmot. It's not chunky enough, man. If it had some like yeah. actual oomph no. to its body, maybe, but nah, nah, I want to be. No, yeah, no, they're far, far too slender. They don't got those like big puffy cheeks. You know, they got, they, they got nothing on them, let's be honest. I mean, how do you keep yourself sane when you're going through Wisconsin? We're going to touch on this deeper into the show, but how do you keep yourself sane when there's not enough marmots around you? Um, you know, that's when the off trail podcast, I think comes in real clutch <laughs> is, uh, you know, you just throw on, you just throw on some rambles about, about marmots. You can just like flash back into your head about like all those beautiful marmots you see in Washington or wherever else they are found. <laughs> True. Dude, I had a buddy this year that he got like a perfect video of like the sun setting and it was like cinematic. And these two marmots were just on the boulders with him. I'm like, that needs to be in every movie theater in this country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, how that did not get to the top of like YouTube charts is beyond me, the honestly. Al- the algorithms are just all messed up, man. If it's not Marmot, I don't want to be talking or watching it. Yeah, no, it's just like, what are we doing with our lives if we're not talking about the best animals, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right, so we had about our five minute of our obligatory Marmot talk. So I feel like yeah, this gives yeah. a good context to the first question, like... I'm going to just ask it anyway. So, big first question, broad, open-ended, who are you? Who am I? Um, well, yeah, Chandler is a real name. Star-Lord is the trail name. 
I am um, basically just a uh, bum at this point. I just try to hike as much as possible um, during the nice season. I'm not trying to do any winter through hikes besides the Florida Trail or like you know nice nice weather wise stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, yeah, I grew up on a farm in uh, southern Minnesota, so I'm back there right now, about to start harvest season. Got a couple uh, 400 plus acres of corn. So that's going to be my next couple of weeks. Um, and then after that, it's uh, either back to Santa Barbara, where I've been living the last couple of winters, or we'll, uh, we'll go do some other international traveling or something like that. We'll see. Hmm. Can, can I ask how old you are? I don't know if you if we chatted about that before. Yeah, I'm 27, 27. nowadays. Okay. So- we'll started hiking. Started hiking, I guess, the first, I did the Superior Trail in 2016, so I was like 21 then. But then the AT in 18, when I was 23. And so every every year since 2018, I've been knocking out some miles. And you usually parallel those miles with farming in the off-season? Yep, yep. I try to, try to be here in the spring to help plant and do that kind of stuff. And then definitely be done by this time of the year, mid-October, to uh, harvest. Because this is where I uh, make some decent money to help be able to afford all those Nutter Butters and, uh, you know, <laughs> Twinkies and pop tarts and whatever else i eat so working on a farm doesn't make you want to lean towards eating healthy uh i guess there's so many varieties of farming but it doesn't make you want to like eat wholesome healthy it still makes you want to go after those twinkies on trail yeah well i try not to eat twinkies too much on trail i mean those are like that's like real bottom barrel kind of stuff you know yeah i mean twinkies but no i mean it's just uh it's not like edible corn. It's not like sweet corn or anything. It's just like mostly for like ethanol or like cows or stuff like that. Oh, so no, I guess not really. But I mean, I'm trying to eat healthier these days because mm-hmm. like I notice like the I notice like my body like definitely performs better longer when I do eat like healthy food. And just like the when I was doing the hot springs trail this year, I was really trying to be mindful of it because the guy who invented the hot springs trail is like a super clean whole food hiker. And like he like he like has blogs and articles and you know like trying to like follow some of his stuff is like it works like it definitely it's harder you know it's heavier you know you can't just like go to a gas station and buy Snickers you know you gotta try to like find better food if you send yourself a box you know then you can put like good food in there but it's that definitely notice like the big difference when I am eating like healthier on trail I'd be curious because you've been hiking for a while now you said since 2016 when did you start trying to make the change because like personally. I noticed, like, I noticed my body was able to be fueled by that junk easier, like, up until, like, 25. And those past few years, it's just, like, the functioning is way higher with healthy food. When did you start noticing or, like, start leaning towards the healthier diet out there? Probably, uh, probably, like, in Maine on the AT because I was bogging so hard at the end of the dad trail. I think it was just, like, the miles, the heavier backpack at the time. And I was just, like, definitely eating just junk so much on the AT. Because I was just like, oh, I'm just going to go to the Dollar General and just buy, like, just whatever is the cheapest, you know? Like, I don't, don't even think I have a thought about nutrition, you know? And I get to a town, like, I'm not even trying to eat anything healthy even in town. I'm just getting the French fries and burgers and stuff like that. So I definitely was trying to be a little bit more mindful of that, like, when I started the PCT the next year. Just, like, when I do to get to a town, just try to eat, like, some healthier food. And then on the first day out, you know, pack healthier food. So it's kind of, I mean, definitely don't do a good job of it. I know I still eat Pop-Tarts a lot, but, you know, it's uh, it's just little things here and there can help a lot. You know, like you do get an avocado or banana and, you know, just some of those like real like whole foods. Yeah. And, and, instead of just pre-packaged stuff. And for context for the listeners, because like I'm somewhat familiar with your hiking style and you go after the miles pretty consistently and pretty hard for the most part. So... Was the food evolution when you were like evolving into a different type of hiker? Or would, were you always kind of like the UL or Big Miles? Was that always kind of your shtick for hiking, or was it yeah an evolution? Um, yeah, I definitely wasn't light at all when I like started like the AT or even really the PCT. I was getting, I think like every trail I've gotten like a little bit through the years. I've gotten a little bit lighter on each trail, um, which helps you just do bigger miles, mm-hmm. you know, because then you're not as tired all the time. Your legs aren't sore. But yeah, like on the AT, I didn't know what a zero day was, you know, <laughs> I didn't, uh, I didn't take one until Damascus for trail days. I walked into trail days and then I took a zero there to hang out with a bunch of people. Then the next zero I took after that wasn't until New York. 
because I was just like, why would I take a day off? You know, I think that was just like young mentality. I was like, you know, and I wasn't trying to like party so much on the AT, like, you know, a lot of like the crowd is. I was trying to just like kind of like actual hike in nature and like see, you know, like more like what the trail was about, you know, because before I did the AT, I was like obsessed with it for a while. While I read a couple books, you know, right before I got on trail, I was watching all the YouTube videos, and I was just like, man, like all I want to do is be out there and just like just hike like every day, just like be able to walk through fourteen different states that mostly I'd never been to before. <laughs> so it was just like a real like cool like way to like get out there and like see the uh, see the world. And what year? And what year did you do the AT? Two thousand eighteen. Two thousand eighteen. Yeah. So the year the year it rained every day. <laughs> Everybody says that. Everybody says that for every year. <laughs> we were talking yeah, about perceptions early, and it's just like, oh, it's just luck of the draw, and it's just like different, I guess, comfort levels with rain, right? It's like raining every day for a week, for a month, for a few months. What does it mean raining every day for you? I think it, like, literally it rained every other day on average. Oh. Like, I was out there for four months, and... For at least, like, it felt like every other day it was raining for sure. I mean, I was in Virginia. It rained 20 days consecutively on me through Virginia. I mean, I started in the rain at Springer. You know, like, every state I got rained in at least once. It was it was just it was just constantly wet. Like, putting on wet socks it was, like, just what you did every morning. Like, I didn't know what dry clothes were, you know? Ew. So you just, uh, you just get used to it after a while. You just get used to where you went home, you know, was the thing I noticed like pretty early on on the at because like a lot of people you'd get to a shelter and everybody's like no i'm not hiking like i did no i'm just trying to shelter hop and i'm like well i'm just trying to like walk like i don't want to just like sit around for 20 hours a day huh did it, did, it, did it deter any of your motivation with just like the massive amounts of rain with this big hike um yeah i mean not, i don't know i, I got I, I think i just like knew going into the at it rained all the time mm. And so, and I wasn't like never hiked on the West Coast before, so I didn't know what good weather was. Yeah. So I was just kind of just like, you know, weather is weather, whether you weather it or not, is a quote I heard really early on on the AT. <laughs> and I was like, it really just like kind of struck a chord. I was like, yeah, that's right. Like you can, you can cry, you can sit in town all day, or you can just like you can, you can just keep walking. That's a you good, know, that's a good mentality to have. Also, kudos on being able to say that quote. I'm not going to even try it. Yeah, weather's weather, whether you weather it or not. Yeah, I took I had to think about that for about five days after the guy said that to me. I was like, weather, weather. It's but, a good thought line to just chew on while walking through the rain. Yeah, exactly. That was in the Smokies. I heard that. And it rained every day in the Smokies. Had no view ever. You know, it's just classic, classic cold weather, rain. Yeah. There's something special about being cold, but then also being wet and cold. Did you have? the proper gear for that because you said you kind of progressed into super ul and before we hopped on here you said now you don't even carry a rain jacket for some things did you have the right yeah. gear for the at wet oh yeah i definitely had like a gore-tex rain jacket that was terrible because mm -hmm. once it got above 50 degrees you couldn't wear that thing anymore mm -hmm. but then once it's above 50 degrees you really don't need like uh like a real rain jacket i feel you just keep moving yeah you know and then you just like make sure your sleeping bag is dry is really the only thing that matters because you can you can stay warm while walking for the most part and then you know you can just get your tent at the night and just hop in that sleeping bag and then like yeah like on that trail you know i had a bunch of extra clothes so i'd always have like dry clothes to put on and all that kind of stuff too but how do you how do you have that mentality going into the at because like the at for a lot of people is a trail that you kind of grow and figure it out but it sounds like going into the at your mentality was already already like you know what i'm gonna just hike through it push through it so is that just a personality trait or was that due to research like yeah how do you have that mentality going in yeah i think some of it was research for sure like i just kind of like, like going into it, I kind of expected it to rain every day. Mm -hmm. And so even like before I started the trail, like if it was a rainy, it never rained in Santa Barbara, but a couple of times it did rain. I would like make sure I would go on a hike just to like, you know, go through it mm -hmm. kind of thing, you know, just put myself out there in the rain, just like, just to make myself miserable, just to like get used to it, I guess. <laughs> and luckily I don't have like many feet problems in terms of like blisters and stuff like that. So I was always able to like keep my, keep my feet well. And I always like remember day one on, you know, I started, you know, at Springer Mountain. I walked, like, well, I, my dad drove me up to the roads. I walked, like, the mile back to Springer. And then I was going. I went to, like, the first or second shelter. 
and it was of course just like packed full of people people had their tents hanging every, you know it's still pouring yeah. rain people had all their stuff trying to like dry out which is never going to dry out when it's raining like that on the east coast and everybody was just so miserable <laughs> and i remember showing up and just being like man like all these people are like they're not having a good time mm-hmm. and it was still like early in the day and you know, i'd done i don't know eight miles something like that and i was like ah, i'm just gonna like keep going i guess because nobody seems like they're having a good time here you know and i think i just noticed that like especially so much early on on the at you know people are just complaining about the weather yeah. and i'm like well like that's kind of just you knew what you were signing up for like a lot of people didn't know what they signed up for you know they just went to rei the day before they started the trail because mm. they heard about it two days before they started the trail but you know a lot of the other people like they grew up on the in the area so it's like well you know it rains all the time so you kind of can just i don't know embrace the suck, you know, is a common quote, or you can, you know, just uh, be miserable together. And I just don't like, I just try to stay more positive than that. Yeah, and I, I found like knowing at least part of the struggle you're going to be going through is like kind of a strength. So like, I don't know, a lot of hikers pursue the unknown and that's why we hike because we want to see what's around the next corner. But like knowing part of the suck you're going to go through, it kind of makes it easier. Yeah, no, and everything like, I think after doing that trail, like everything is like a little bit easier. Like, yeah. I'm so glad I did the AT first. It, dude, I was about to ask you that. Isn't it funny that people are always like AT is the beginner trail, but then you start going out there and you're like, I honestly had a rougher time on the AT than most of these other trails. Yeah, no, mental, like, yeah, it's just like such a challenge, like mentally, because like there's no easy day. Yeah. Like in terms of like elevation, it's like you're going to be going up or you're going to be going down pretty much all day. And, you know, there's like, I mean, obviously there's a million towns and the shelters and stuff like that. I help a lot. And there's so many people, you know, with the support and all that. But it's just, uh, you have to want it yeah. kind of at the end of the day, you know. And a lot of these, a lot of the like, you know, not to break too much on the PCT, but the PCT is such a cruisy trail mm-hmm. uh, so much of the time. It's kind of just like a nice, like gentle highway mm-hmm. kind of just meander around, you know. Yeah. And Grudhook helps everything, of course, too. So <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to worry. I mean, like. The weather windows, of course, on the PCT, but for the most part, you don't really have to worry about a whole lot when you're out there. Like, you're going to have sunshine, you might have some cold weather up top on those mountains, but for the most part, it's just nice, cruisy stuff. Yeah. Dude. No, it's, uh, it's, I always, I like to call it the Pacific Crest Highway yeah. these days. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a great trail, though. It's super great, but it's just, uh, I don't know. It kind of depends what you're looking for, I guess, yeah. in trail. Do you think if you would have started out west, you would have had any desire to go do the AT? Like if you started with the trail systems out west, would there still be a pull to have hiked the Appalachian Trail? I think, um, I think, yeah, I think it's just really cool, like all the different states you go through. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that was like the biggest draw to me over doing, because like when I found out about the AT and, you know, and then subsequently the PCT and all that, you know, I was like, well, like, you know, it's like, I've been to the, you know, when I was living on the West Coast, you know, but I was like, well, you know, I've never really, like, seen, you know, I've never been to Georgia, I've never been to North Carolina, Tennessee, mm-hmm. you know, I've never been up to Vermont and New Hampshire and all that. So I was like, kind of just like, just based, I think, off the amount of states you go through, it was, like, really, like, appealing to me. And then the the whole history of it, you know, I've gotten, I'm, like, the more the more I hike, the more I, like, appreciate the AT in terms of all that, mm-hmm. like, the community around it, you know, like, the people like Odie and you know, like all those other people that just like live and like breathe like for the AT and then you just don't get that on any other trail. And like the AT is like a living organism. Like there's always change, but there's always consistency with community that's there year round. Yeah. There's nothing like it. Yeah. I mean, there's like, you know, there's like Rob Bird who helped me out a lot. You know, he was like a super famous trail angel, uh, passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like the Miss Janets. There's, I mean, there's so many people have been doing it for decades and decades and there's just not many other trails like that like the pct like a lot of that has kind of gone away now yeah. you know with like casa de luna and hiker heaven and all that so did you get to meet miss j um yeah i definitely met her oh, once or awesome. twice for sure that's awesome miss janet yeah. if you're listening to this we've been going back and forth with messages sorry to put it this in here please re- yeah. please reach back out i really want to have her on the show she's so awesome yeah, she's a she's a legend. Yeah, I remember I met her. She had like her van like parked there. Mm. She was just like, "Yeah, you can just go into my van, like take whatever." You know, she was like trying to hitch into town. <laughs> I don't, I didn't really know what she was doing. Yeah, because her car was there, but she was hitching, Uh-oh. and it was just it was, it was a weird. It was, but she was super awesome. And yeah, you hear like all these stories about her, and 
there was like that so the year we did it there was like a kind of scavenger hunt type thing and one of those things on the scavenger hunt was proposed to miss janet so i ended up proposing her with like a funyun ring and i think that year she had like three thousand hikers proposed to her it was insane (laughs) she is awesome so let's jump into the progression after the at so you did the at in 2018 and then you kind of said it kind of started accelerating for you. So what was the progression after the AT for you? The, the, the half, first half of the PCT in 19, um, mm-hmm. and I sustained a shoulder injury um, that just got progressively worse as I kept going through because I like, fell in the Sierra because the snow level was insanely high in the Sierra in 2019. It was the time of my life, though. It was like mm-hmm. all this say It's just like seeing just being out there and it was just like, you're ne- I'd never done anything close to that level of extreme, yeah. you know, cause on the AT, you know, you're following a trail the whole time. Once you got out there, it's like, well, you can follow footsteps of people that were ahead of you. But I mean, there's so much like more accountability, mm-hmm. like, you know, you needed micro spikes. My nice ax was like a good thing to have, I guess, with you, you know, if you didn't use it too much, you know, just in terms of, cause you can put yourself in such bad situations, but then the river crossings were, in, like I, would ne- I never want to do river crossings like that again. Yeah, you know there was a time I broke both my trekking poles going across this uh, stream that I had to like jump for this tree and pull myself out. And like you know after that, like your adrenaline's so high, but then you're going to sleep that night. A couple hours later, and you're just like, dude, I literally like I could have died. Yeah, like very like if I wouldn't have been able to grab that tree, and I would have got like swept off my feet. Like I'd be dead one thousand percent. You know, and it's just like it's just uh, so much more accountability, but it's so awesome. At the same time, you're like, man, this is like extreme stuff. So then, yeah, so I sustained injuries, had to get off. Then in 2020, it was kind of a wash. Um, Of course, I did like the long trail and I did the Superior Trail again. And then, yeah, so that was pretty much it for 2020. And then 21, I was like Florida Trail, the best trail, of course. I know, I know you were just a couple of weeks behind me and you, you had a great, nothing but great things to say about the trail, of course. Yeah, nothing but great things. Um, <laughs> I loved it. You know, you're just going through knee deep, hip deep swamp water half the time. It was just such a different world. I felt like I remember going through, um, the first area. Why am I blanking on the name? Uh, big, like going big through that, that first swamp area, you know, and you're just like, man, I feel like this is Jurassic Park Yeah, out here. And so that was fun. You know, I mostly hiked by myself on that one and I ran into, it friend of the show oh, yeah. um and punisher hiked with them for a while like went through bradwell bay which is like one of the coolest areas i've ever hiked through in my life mm. big shout out to bradwell bay um the swanee river was dry for me i didn't get my feet wet and then i know you were like swimming through the swanee <laughs> insane insanity <laughs> yeah just uh so i really i really enjoyed the florida trail and after that i hopped on the cdt um, and the CET is the crown jewel, yeah. for sure, of trails in this country, from what I've experienced. It, dude, and, it's everything you need, man. Like, it's the PCT, but more remote. And, like, there's moments of monotony, but it just, the moments of epicness are just so extreme, too, because you have those moments of monotony. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, part of, I mean, I was, I loved all of New Mexico. Colorado is obviously insane. We went through the San Juans. Yeah. Um, earlier than most people so the san juans were it was like i remember just being like well it's kind of like the sierra but there wasn't near the amount of snow and there was no river crossings so i was super stoked on that we did some epic glissades out there yeah you know we did me and my friend trigger we had a couple like random peaks you know just because we were out there like hey we can kind of just keep going on this ridge we can get to the top of like this like you know random peak we don't even know the name of but let's let's just go up there you know scramble up there with some talus you know there's the avalanche danger of course out there um but it was just yeah it was just super epic but then yeah wyoming's a super oh, underrated dude, yeah. um the whole state i think wyoming might be one of my favorite states of all time it's, yes. it's super amazing the basins you know the basin's the basin but you can just kind of like bust through there but then you get to the winds and the winds are just i shouldn't even talk about them they're just the best oh, yeah. um and then all of montana super amazing so I I loved every I loved every section of it. Honestly, thinking back to it, really, every state you go through on the CDT is just a beautiful state. Like again, PCT, Cali, Washington, Oregon, all beautiful states, but it's just a different level of beauty. It's more I don't know the word for it. Like it's just more natural. I don't know if that's the correct word. There's just something to it, though. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I think again, I think it always just feels like you're more out there. Yeah in those states you know they're like less populated and you know there's like there's always like the risk of like fires out there and you go through burn areas and stuff Mm -hmm. but the burn areas have like their own 
like level like they kind of have like this like beauty to them and in themselves you know and you kind of get like decent views because then you, you know there's no leaves and foliage so you kind of just like see out forever and there's just rolling hills and it's just i don't know there's just something about it and i would be curious too if this is part of your kind of love for it because i think for most people the cdt is like the first introduction to the quote-unquote like choose your own adventure or like pick your route or like route finding in some types of context like is that part of the draw for it like did that introduce you to like a different love of hiking yeah i would say definitely because once you do once you get that taste in your mouth yeah like for me now like i i want to do so much more like just like route finding just going out there and kind of just like being like yeah like i'm on point a i'm trying to get there and like how am i going to get there like i don't know there's there's many different options you know i don't have to follow like this like red line you know on gut hook that just like you know going through the you can't just like pick and choose what you want to do and you can find so much even there's so many epic routes you can choose to do but mm-hmm. that aren't on like the official trail but it's just like well that route is so much better i'm above tree line for you know i'm at ten thousand, twelve thousand feet for miles and miles and miles you know instead of just like dropping into these valleys and then coming back up them you know you can't just stay on these ridges and just i don't know just being in that high for that long and just having you know, you just feel like the world's your oyster and there's nobody out there, you know? Yeah. Um, there's not near the amount of people like compared to like the PCT too. You know, you can like find a spot to sit on the CUT where you might not see somebody come by for days because yeah. you're just not on the official trail. You're on some different reroute or you kind of just like decided like, I'm just going to go this way. And then like, you know, maybe it'll work out. Maybe I'll cliff myself out. <laughs> you know, maybe I'll have to do a little scrambly kind of thing. And uh-huh. I'll look back up and be like, ah, I won't do that again. But yeah. it's just, uh, it's just awesome. And it's it, just so awesome. And it puts you in a different mindset that almost becomes a necessity as a hiker, especially if you want to continue exploring past like the big three, like the AT, PCT, and CDT. Because like, it also provides safety. Like, granted, you might cliff yourself out when you're route finding or bushwhacking, but it takes you out of the mentality of having to follow the red line, like on the AT and PCT. It's like, no, I can make my choices. Like, I can pick my route. So it it's almost necessary when you're kind of evolving as a hiker. Yeah. And it's just like, it puts so much more, um, the onus is so much more on you. Yeah. In that case, you know, it's like, like I would, I had to do the, uh, super boot cutoff, yeah. um, going through just like, you know, I went through a little bit of Idaho and then I got on like the boot cutoff just cause there was, there was some fires like close to the Idaho, um, border and stuff. So it's just like the air quality was terrible. Mm. And I've gone through some wildfires just in Southern California where it's just like, I'm like, why would I put myself through that? You know, <laughs> it just sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, you just kind of get a headache. You don't get a good view. Every, you know, the sunsets and sunrises are amazing. But, you know, just being like, you know, however far east of that that I was like on the cutoff. And then, you know, you just like download some maps and it's, uh, you know, it was like the first time I had like hiked like a really long distance without using gut hook, you know. So water sources, I was kind of just like looking at the map, you know, like looking at the other map I had and being like, well, I think there should be a creek or a stream here. And so I'll just carry three liters and then hopefully there is water there. And if there's not, well, hopefully there's water here. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just figure it out and you kind of just like pick and choose what you want to do. You know, and I was completely by myself at that time, too. So it's just like, man, this is like, I don't know exactly how many miles it is from this road to this road, but I'll just, you know, hopefully I, if I just do 30 plus a day, I'll just get there with enough food. Yeah. And if I don't, well, I'll get there eventually. And I'm not going to starve to death, you know? Yeah. Sorry. So I just, I really just enjoyed that. Like, super. It was awesome. Like, once I got off the cutoff, I was like, man, like, I wish I could just keep doing like non, yeah. you know, gut hook hiking, but does it? Because I, I just recently talked to somebody about this, and I'd be curious to hear you. Like, as the miles accumulate too with you, does it feel like those types of hikes put you more in the moment? Because like, when you have to like look at the maps, you have to know where you're going through. Because like, there's a mentality out there of just redlining, being like, I'm walking from mile point thirty one point two to. 67.3 so like you're just thinking mile points instead of land so like have you noticed the difference with that yeah definitely because because yeah then this year i did the arizona trail which is super awesome mm-hmm. loved it but then i jumped on the hot springs trail which there's almost no information about there's the guidebook which is super awesome um shout out to zoner for creating this route um and then there's buck 30 who has his post holder account mm-hmm. and that's that's the only resources there are 
on this. And, and the guidebook was written like in 2016. Um, Buck did it in 2017. So since then, like there really hadn't been any information. Really fortunate for me, there was a guy, uh, Lama, who started like two or three weeks before me. So I was like messaging him on like Instagram. He was giving me some up like water information. He was like, yeah, there definitely is like water mm. like at this spot and at this spot. But still so much of it. It was like, you're so much, you're just so far out there. And it's just like, you don't know what the trail is going to be like. You don't know how overgrown it's going to be because, you know, what, how Zoner like says what things are, not always how they appear to be. Yeah. You know, but of course, like, you know, like a lot of the stuff he mapped was like, you know, in 2013. So I'm there nine years later, like so much can change, you know, like flood or just, you know, people don't maintain it anymore. So there's some spots that they were like really bushwhacky. Like there is a trail, you see a trail of sorts like on the ground, you know, but then you can easily get off of it on like a game trail. Then you like, you get a little off, you're like, ah, this doesn't really feel right. Mm -hmm. But you can't just like look at your phone so much and just be like, oh, I'm off. Like, you know, you kind of just kind of like, you know, look at the maps and be like, well, I'm trying to go down here. I'm at this point, I think, you know, and like I did create um, a, a Gaia route, like using like the guidebook and stuff, but it's not always 100% accurate. You know, the trails aren't always like exactly what they say they're going to be. So you kind of just kind of like look around for them and then you can find it and you're hopefully you're on the right one. Uh, you kind of just like generally like just try to go the direction that you want to go and then eventually you'll find like a path or something and then but then there's like a, some canyons you go through where there is definitely no trail and you're just like going bombarding down a creek you know and uh it's just yeah so much more like you know because then it's again you're so far out there and there's nobody ever out you're like you know you never see anybody out yeah. there so it's just so much more again it's just so much more on you mm-hmm. when it comes to that and i just really enjoy it because it's like i don't know how many miles like, i'm technically doing a day yeah. You know, I like was wearing a watch with telling my steps. So based off that, I can kind of judge how many miles I'm doing a day. But it's kind of just, you know, you don't like always really know. Because the guidebook, I don't I, mean, I don't know how accurate I guess it is no. with like the mileage wise and stuff like that. I think it's pretty close most of the time. But sometimes I'm like, I don't know. And nothing tells you the elevation, you know. Oh, so you no. can just be going straight up for a long time. Like, I don't know when the top of this is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know or like when do i start going down or you know it's uh it was awesome and then going through the sierra section on that because i just did the california section of that trail this year and going through the sierra you're just kind of um like west of the pct so i was going through areas early or late may and there was like two sets of footprints that were like days or weeks old wow. you know it's just like man there's nobody out here you know and it's just a couple river crossings it was just yeah just the time of my life honestly think about it i'm just like man that was like that was like peak experience you kind of gotta let the land decide for you like when you're going through there you can have those maps and you can have that route but it's like no that's a cliff can't go that way so you it's fun like it lets you figure it out as you go yeah exactly and then it's just you know you can kind of just like pick and you know it's like well like the route wants me to go through here but actually, I think I'm just going to stay high on this mm. or I'm going to go low on this or I'm just going to like sidewind this. You know, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's so much, it's just so much fun. I, I just was like, I just want to keep doing more things like that, like the more I've hiked. Because then when I was back on the PCT to finish it after that this year, I was just like, man, this just isn't, just isn't like what I'm looking for anymore. Yeah. I was about to ask you that transition because we actually met like pretty recently once you had gotten off that um hot springs route right like maybe yeah. a week or two yeah like 300 miles maybe after yeah so i was gonna ask i got that. off and because i got it um because it goes starts in santa barbara coincidentally yeah which is like where i've been living and then it goes like through california it gets on the uh, pct for like 100 miles like in the aqueduct section mm-hmm. um then it splits off again and it goes like through 250 miles of the sierra mm-hmm. um so then i got to mammoth and then for mammoth i just got on the pct and uh, went north was it hard transitioning? Like, were you finding, I don't want to use the word boredom, but were you finding more monotonous moments once you got onto the PCT? Like, were you craving going back to the to the route finding? Yeah, yeah, I definitely was. I mean, like, the Sierra, like, going through, like, Yosemite and all that, still super amazing, crazy beautiful. Yeah. But it's just, like, there's people everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just really weird in terms of that. I mean, even when I, I remember I got to Hiker Town, on it and there was like 
at least 50 plus people there. And I'm like, I hadn't seen, I literally had not seen a single person in two or three days. Hmm. And so I get there and I'm just like, I don't know any, everybody else knows each other. And you know, there's all these groups. I'm just sitting there charging my phone and be like, I don't know anybody here. Like I don't even know what to talk to these people about, you know, like I haven't, I'm not doing what you're doing, yeah. you know, kind of a thing. It's just, it was kind of weird. But then I yeah, getting back on the PCT, you know, it's like, I found some good people to hang out with here and there um, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at first it was just like, it's just like yeah, a little bit like culture shock almost, I guess, isn't that <laughs> would be the way to put it. Isn't that so strange that like you can be doing the same activity, but like there's an unspoken vibe of certain hikers for certain trails. Like I experienced the same thing this year because Magpie and I were on the GET and we used Doc Campbell's as a resupply and there were a bunch of CD tiers there, but like they could feel that we weren't doing the CDT and we could feel that they weren't doing the GET. Like there's a different feeling, even though it's the same activity. Yeah. No, there's just, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's just maybe about like how like ragged you look compared to like somebody <laughs> that's like, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is, but there's, yeah, there's just like this different, like I'm not experiencing every single moment that you are experiencing. Yeah. Like, you know, we're doing the same thing, but there's different, it's different veins of it. You were looking a little rougher rolling into Hiker Town. Yeah, I mean, I had done, I think it was like 140 miles, 150 miles, and I had only had like no resupply in between. Oof. You know, I had just done like a 40 mile water carry. Um, you know, it was just, it was just, it was just like, man, I was like, I don't know, it's just like again, I always go back to PCT is kind of like a bit of a soccer trail, yeah. so you can kind of just like see people with like their big ospreys and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Still, it's like, man, like. It was just, yeah, it, was just, it was just felt different, you know. People are talking about the AT. People are just, like, talking about all these different little things. And I'm just like, ah, I'm just, I don't know. I don't yeah. know how to relate with that anymore. I don't know. It's the, look, <laughs> it's the look of the hiker, but it's also the look in the eyes. There's a little bit of soul that got lost in those hard sections. Or, yeah. or got found. It depends how you want to define it. We could go philosophical. Yeah, no, you lose your mind, you find your soul. So... You got into the PCT, and we were talking about this before the chat. I want to dive into this. You just finished up the Ice Age Trail, and for the listeners, sorry, we're geeking out about hiking this show. That's just going to be the way it is because, <laughs> dude, you're a fun dude to talk to. So the Ice Age Trail, um, yeah, let's just go into it. How did you enjoy that experience? Um, you know, being from the Midwest and then not having lived in the Midwest in the last six years or so, it was kind of like... It was everything was just familiar in terms of like the scenery and of course all the people and so it was really and it's so cruisy because like there's no hill like really there's no hills and there's definitely not a such thing as a mountain and so it was really just cruisy you know it's like half road walking half trail the trail is all really well maintained the majority of the time the vol it's all volunteer based and they all like are really passionate about it we actually were um, super lucky I did it with uh, my friend Sunshine and we got to um, Wood Lake, which just passed Rib Lake, maybe like 250 miles into the trail or something like that, mm. whatever it is. And we like actually ran to a group of um, volunteers with the working with the Alliance to um, like build like new trail section. So we show up and there's like this Ice Age trailer and there's like all this like there's these coolers and grills and we're like, man, like we're all like, what's going on here? So we just kind of <laughs> like hang out for a little bit while before like a lady shows up. And um, we're like, she's like, oh, you're hiking, you know? And we're like, oh, yeah, we're actually, like, through hiking. And they never see through hikers. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't see another through hiker the entire, t- entire time. We saw maybe four section hikers that were doing, you know, like, more than, like, a two-day trip kind of thing. So there's not many people that, like, do this whole thing. I think there's only 370 finishers oh, wow. of this trail or something like that. Um, so there's not, like, you know, it's been around for... 60 years it's been a national scenic trail since 1980 so it's been around um there's just not a lot of people that actually like through hike there's most of the people that have are the finishers of it are just people that have section hiked it through you know years of doing it yeah and so we met all these people that are like volunteers a lot of them had done the whole trail like through sections and it was just super super fun like we only had like that was like i don't know we did maybe 10 miles that day something like that and uh we just ended up hanging out with those people like the rest of the day because they're like oh stay and have dinner with us and they had a cooler full of beer and stuff so it was just a great time it's just like really cool like hanging out with like people that are so passionate about like their trail like their segments because they'd always tell me like oh you've gone through the you know and they always say the names of these segments and when you're through hiking like all the names kind of just blend together 
you're like, I don't know if I'm on the Blue Hills or I'm on like the West Lake segment, you know, it kind of is just all, you know, there's like some sections that definitely like pop out to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but so much of it's kind of just like, I don't, you know, because the sections will, because there's like two mile section that's named this and you get a different section that's named this. And, um, but it was overall, it was super awesome. You know, it was great weather the whole time. I think it rained maybe three days on us out of 35. Nice. Um, I, I'm a big road walking fan. You know, I can never, never, never don't love a good road walk. Because yeah. um, most of the time they're on busy roads and you're just going through so many towns on this trail. Like you never, never carried more than two days of food. Mm-hmm. Even when I was carrying like that much food, like I wasn't eating it because there's so many bars you find along the trail <laughs> that'll be in the middle of nowhere. It'll be like seven miles from outside of any town, and they'll just like come across a bar that has, you know, a seven dollar burger and fries for two dollars and a PBR for two dollars. So it's so cheap that it's just super fun, and everybody's super nice. You know, people buy you rounds, you know, and then so and then you can camp behind a lot of the bars, you know, because they do see section hikers. So they're like, yeah, camp behind the back, you know, and it's just yeah, it's just a good time. They're just really good people. Mm-hmm. um for the most part and uh yeah it's just it's just easy easy stepping yeah so and, and it's really an untapped potential of a trail like there's i don't know even with exploring more and more throughout life like wisconsin especially the ice age trail it has that like unparalleled hospitality i mean the passion of the ice age trail alliance is i haven't seen it anywhere else it's it's really really incredible seeing those people like and how much they love yeah their segments their trail yeah. No, the only one, um, the Florida Trail is a bit like that, too. And before I was going out there, I was just like, people were like, oh, what do you know about the Ice Age? I was like, well, I don't know. I think it's kind of just the Florida Trail of the Midwest because <laughs> it's generally pretty flat and there's a lot of road walking. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, people, like, really care, like, on both those trails. We actually went through, because you go through Cross Plains, which is where the Alliance is headquartered. Yep. And the marketing director had, like, messaged me because she, like, I think they just, like, scroll through Instagram trying to find people hiking the trail. Mm. <laughs> and so she, like, messaged me. She's like, yeah, make sure when you're in cross plane, stop by the office. Like, they have showers and laundry there. Mm. Um, so, you know, you shower, doing some laundry, and then you start talking to, like, I probably talked to 15 people there or something like that. It was yeah. a lot. You know, and she ends up, like, buying us lunch, you know, and, like, does a little, like, interview with us. And it was just, yeah, it was just super awesome. I was like, man, you don't get this. No. Like, you know, you're not going to get that off any other trail that I've done for sure. Um, and, yeah, everybody's just, like, super passionate about it. And, you know, there's not ever, like, trail magic. But, like, if you need a place to stay, there's always, like, the local chapters. Mm-hmm. So you can just, like, look up. There's, like, a list, like, on the website. You can, like, go through. You can, like, call, like, a trail angel. Be like, hey, can I camp in your backyard? Can you, you know, shuttle me? Can you give me water? you know because that's what a lot of these people do and we never did that um not the way i want to do it yeah but like there's so many there are so many resources resources out there like you know if you got caught in a nasty storm you definitely could get yourself off it just within a couple calls you know to like the local chapter people because yeah again they all like really love really love the trail and that's super awesome to see because it's a great trail you know the trail when the trail's nice it's super nice you know, I didn't like the, there's a couple times early on, we went eastbound. You're on like cross country ski trail, mm-hmm. which I think is like the worst kind of trail that exists because it's always kind of lumpy. It's not like a real like defined trail so much. And it's kind of just like, and it doesn't like you're in the woods, but it's just so wide that you don't really feel like you're in the woods, but you're also not on a road. It just gets a little bit monotonous. But that was only like the first couple hundred miles after that. It was mostly just like great single track or road walking. Yeah. I, so. I, I remember those first few hundred going eastbound was like the roughest, like physically as well as just like the trail itself. It sounds like you did in 2022. It sounds like the awareness has really increased with that trail. Like, were you going into towns and were people like curious what you were doing or they kind of already knew what you were doing? Yeah, I mean, because they never see you through hikers. Yeah. So we probably just had a, like a level of stench and all that that they weren't like maybe used to <laughs> but like again like you know we went to so many bars and you know just to get food and all that kind of stuff and they were everybody was always super welcoming like a lot of times like the people that like the bartenders or like the people that own the bar they usually like knew what we were doing kind of a thing and i think they're doing so much more um the alliance is doing so much more outreach to these communities they're trying to have like all these ice age trail communities yeah. so you walk through the town they'll have like a banner on like the light post or something that's like ice age trail community so i think they're just trying to like make more people like know 
make it more well known because mm. people like it'll go like right past like their area and they're like oh like i knew that exists i just didn't know it went from st croix falls to sturgeon bay and it's like well yeah it's actually like you know it's 1100 mile thing and they just like they, they just know of the section that they live by they just don't realize it's like this like overarching mm-hmm. um thing so i think they're doing a pretty good job of reaching out to them um for sure and then they yeah, have people like along the trail like i think like people like you know they're, they're always like super nice they always wave to you and yeah. all the cars move out of the way you know they give you tons of space on the shoulders and stuff like that so yeah that's yeah. awesome that it's grown in awareness i remember like the day before i finished i forget what the town was but it was like close to 30 miles away from the finish on the west west east east side and like the motel owner i was chatting him up and he's like what what are you doing and i told him the trail was the road right out in front and he's like i've owned this property for 30 years i had never ever known that was there so it's cool yeah. that they're doing more and more awareness out there and it's a hidden gem. More people are hiking it now, which is still not yeah. a whole lot. Yeah, I know more people. My friend, uh, Wild Turkey, he just he did the FKT um, like in 24 days. He started just a couple of days before us. Wow. So he knocked it out. Yeah, in 20, he did like 47 miles a day. He's a savage. Um, and then uh, Punisher, um, who I hiked with on the Florida Trail, he's on it right now. Um, so I think it's just like every year. It's just like I think that's every trail. Every year it kind of yeah. grows just a little bit more. But the Ice Age Trail is definitely like – it's a it's a gem. Yeah, it's really it's a really good trail, you know. And again, it's just like the people always make the trail, and yeah, there's great people. I would definitely would definitely also recommend having a friend. My friend Sunshine did every mile with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so much nicer, just to like not be completely by yourself, you know. And then like help break the ice, you know, because she's always like, smiling and the happy person. So you know, you can walk into a walk into a bar and she'll just like line up the room, and people, <laughs> you know. She can answer half the questions for me half the time. I don't have to repeat myself every single day, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, oh, I'm doing this, that, you know? So it's, yeah, it's just, you know, so much road walking. That's just nice to have a partner with. Cause I like think- the cows will keep you great company, yeah. but you know, they only can do so much for you because the, the fence, you know, limits them. <laughs> I take that to heart because you will go crazy if you do the ice age trail by yourself. I mean, you already crazy if you're doing the ice age trail but a wonderful yeah, crazy sure. shout out ice age trail not bad type of crazy and you touched on something i'm very happy you touched on it let's talk cows i was really really hoping we would get here <laughs> let's talk let's talk the cows of wisconsin so yeah i mean it's like the dairy capital i mean america's dairy land is what um the license plates say and so i think they're like the largest like per capita producer of dairy <laughs> yeah and so like yeah there's always there's always cheeses to buy i'm a big chocolate milk fan i buy that in every single town i find it in nice. um and yeah i mean yeah like you know they're nice they're always they, a lot of them will run up to you you know you can kind of go like get close to them there's a lot of horses out there too mm-hmm. um so yeah it's just nice to have some good company like that on road walks and you, know, you can sing to them they'll listen they'll look at you <laughs> It's a captive audience. They won't walk. Yeah. Sometimes they'll walk away from you depending on your pitch, but at least they yeah. look there and listen for the most part. Yeah. For, they, uh, they, they, just want, they just want more friends. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're, they're nice animals. For the, for the listener, what's the, what, what could you put on the average amount of cows you walked by per day? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. Because sometimes you walk by like those like large scale operations. Yeah. Definitely at the end, we passed a couple of those where they have you know, hundreds and hundreds of cows. Uh, let's just go with, let's go with 59 cows per day. <laughs> it's an exact average 59. Hey, let's go 59.3, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I probably could round that up, 59.6, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And for, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> for people listening, they might not think cows are like a friend of hikers or through hikers, but I don't know, did you get enjoyment out of the cows? Like, I hear that you got enjoyment, but... Did, did it help your hike or, like, keep you having fun out there? Well, you know, unlike, like, the CDT and other ones, like, you can't get, like, real up close. You know, like, they're all fenced in out here. Yeah. Okay. You know, they're not the, the open-range cattle, so it's a little bit different in terms of that. You know, you don't show up to a water source and there's a dead cow there. Yeah. You know, you're not drinking out of cow ponds, which is super nice. That is. Um, that, was a, that was the one thing about this trail. I didn't, like, the water is more scarce than I thought it was going to be going in. Yeah. I thought there'd be, like, more streams and rivers. And, like, definitely the time of the year has something to do with it. But definitely in September is the time of the year to do the Ice Age Trail. Yeah. If you're going to do it. Because otherwise you're going to be dealing with so many ticks and mosquitoes and mm. humidity and all that other kind of stuff. And we caught a lot of foliage at the end of the trail. So it's super beautiful. And just, like, cooler weather, cooler nights. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, there's some days, I mean, there was one day, like I couldn't get water and I went 30 miles with no water Yeah. because there was like, I could have like gone up to somebody's house and like asked to use their spigot, but I'm just like, not going to do that if I don't need to do that. (laughs) And so then, yeah, 30 miles, it was a cool day. So I was able to just like get away with not drinking any water. But yeah, I find, then we got to a town and it's just like, dude, give me, give me uh, two liters of water before I think about anything else. That, that is something good to touch on because like you think Wisconsin, you think the land of lakes, you think rivers, streams, but yeah, there were a lot of big water carries through there. I'm curious where you ran into that 30 or because I had the same situation there. There was a river that you could like bushwhack down to like a steep draw. Do you remember the area that you had the big carry? Yeah, it was, um, I remember we camped behind Raising Canes, which was like the number one bar of the trail. Cause it was like, again, it was one of those bars that was seven miles away from any town in any direction, hmm. but they had amazing pizza there. Like they had like a lot of bars you go to, they just have like Miller Light, Bud Light, Bush Light hmm. kind of a thing. So that one actually had like decent, good beer to drink. So that was super nice. And like, we'd done like 36 miles to get there. And then the owner came in like immediately after we sat down, he was like, Hey, just so you guys know, like you definitely can't be on back. Like there's an outlet, there's even a porta potty out there. Cause they have like music uh, shows there sometimes. So we did there and then it was 30 miles to, I don't, I'm not gonna remember the name of the town, but it was just like 30 miles. And there was one spot, like we walked like over the, over this really nice boardwalk through this like lake, you yeah. know, but the lake water just was, it was stagnant, it didn't look good, I don't filter, so I'm like, oh, I'm just not going to get water from there, and hopefully there's water. Uh, there, there was, like, a river I could have bushwhacked down to later before I got to this town, but I was like, oh, I'm so close to this town, I'm only five miles away now, I guess I'll just, like, go another couple miles, I'll be fine. I do think it's the same location, because I remember the river, like, you walked on the right shoulder of it, and there was a steep, steep drop-off, and then you would get into town in a few miles. I think it's the same exact area. Yeah, it probably is because there was like a really nice boardwalk over this lake section. Do you, that was just before that. Let's you walk through this. There was a really nice forest too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, of course, I don't know. It was about halfway ish. I don't know. <laughs> let's get into this. I did not know you did not filter. You're you're one of the one of the folks that don't filter as well. Right? Yeah. So yeah, dip and rip. Dip and rip. Um, dip and rip. For, for listeners, disclaimer: probably don't do it unless you're comfortable with it i mean do what you want but just how long did it take you to get to that point so like were you doing that on the at when you started off or it was just more miles made you more comfortable with like your choices of water yeah definitely the more miles um yeah yeah like on the at like when i first started i was like filtering like spring water yeah me too. which i look back at now and i'm just like oh shudder you know like why would i do that (laughs) but um yeah eventually you know eventually i think you just get lazy about yeah. it and you're like ah, i can this water looks good here and this water looks good there and then you go through some amazing areas like the sierra oh, it's yeah. like well you definitely don't need to filter any of that water most likely but yeah i like i carried a filter for the first part of the arizona trail this year mm-hmm. i barely filtered at all last year on the cdt or the florida trail um then oh, i carried a filter nice. for a little bit on the azt just because there's so many like cow i mean people just tell you there's so many cow ponds going into it yeah but i found out that's not really true because there's so many water caches, you can kind of just like go from water cache to water cache, and they're all super stocked up. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have ten gallons in each one, so like I'm just like, oh, I'll just get like two liters from there, and you know, keep going, kind of a thing. So I threw away my filter in pine mm-hmm. on the Arizona Trail about halfway through or so, and then yeah, the whole rest of the year I've not filtered. I have some Aqua Tabs, like suit. I'll use. I probably use six all year kind of a thing though yeah. you know just in case like that do get some like water that's like questionable you know i can at least like throw a tablet in and then like you know like feel like i'm not gonna get gerardia it's definitely a technique of hiking too right like it's you pass more water but you're very picky about the sources that you would drink from yeah definitely definitely because I, I can i'm also very capable of going i yeah. mean 10 15 miles without water and i'll be like you know, it's not like the best idea always, but it's like, I'll, I'll be fine. You know, I'm not going to like, like a lot of people, like they don't have water. They start getting a little freaked out. They start looking around every nook and corner and be like, is there a puddle there? Is there a puddle there? And I'm like, oh, there'll be water eventually, you know, trail provides yeah. kind of a thing. So, and when you, yeah. And when you can cover distance too, it makes it easier because like if you run out of water and you know, there might be something within the next 10 miles just like well i can do it for a few hours so like when you can cover distance it opens up more opportunities to yeah go lighter and just 
drink different sources or pick be picky about your water. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you kind of just you know you can kind of just like look ahead. You know, if you have gut hook, you can kind of just look ahead. And be like, well, that water looks like it sucks. That water looks like it sucks. But like, <laughs> okay, I guess I'm going 28 miles yeah. be- between. So I'll just carry two, three liters whatever my capacity is and just, you know, make it to the next water source. And, you know, just so I don't have to filter and I don't have to worry about what I'm drinking. Yeah. I've never been sick. So, you know, that was my next uh, question. If it ain't broken. Don't fix it. <laughs> that was my next question. Are you knocking on wood while you just said that? I hope you are. Um, no, I don't think I have any wood around me, but yeah. you know, uh, it's, uh, it's always a matter of time. I feel like being again, I'm just like so picky about it and I'll yeah. just like suffer not having water for so long to like get to good water. Yeah, I think so, if you knock on corn, that's the same. Yeah, I know. I probably I can definitely knock on some corn, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard. I've heard it's very uh, similar. So, Starlord, we're coming up on that hour, man. I've got a few last questions. So, last second to last question. Um, you've been hiking now for more than a few years. It seems like you kind of found the groove of it. You're spending some time on the farm, saving up, going back to hiking. So what does the quote unquote trail mean to you? Like why continue going for this? I mean, it's basically just my life. It's just my lifestyle mm-hmm. at this point. Like working sucks. Like why <laughs> would I want to work if I don't have to work? Like I can, I'm comfortable with little, you know, like I don't need much comfort. I don't need a bunch of money. Like money just doesn't bring happiness. Yeah. So I might as well like use the money I do make and just like make experiences out of it because you know, the force only burning more kind of thing. Yeah. So I might as well just go experience the world while it's like, you know, still like in the place it is right now mm-hmm. instead of waiting 20, 30 years. And cause it's like, who knows what some of these trails will look like. You know, I remember doing this section of the PCT, you know, um, it was 2019. It was super beautiful, green forest. And then this year it's black, oh. you know, it's just it's desolate, you know, cause it burned two years ago or last year, whatever it was. And it's just like, dang, like, that's just, you know, it's just like when you see that stuff in real time, you know, it's just like, man, like, I'm so fortunate to, like, go do what I do. And then, like, you know, I missed all the fire closures this year on the PCT, um, you know, and then I have some friends, you know, that are a little bit behind me and they're getting kicked off and having to skip around. They're not, you know, like being able to, like, see the sections for, like, what they are and what they were because, you know, they're never gonna, I mean, they're not, they're not going to be the same, of course, mm-hmm. you know, just with the like the, the foliage and the kind of the trees that get, are going to grow there and stuff, you know, it's like even in 50 years, not going to look near the same. So it's just yeah. nice to uh, see what the, see what's out there. And I'm um, young and healthy and might as well just keep getting after it while I can keep getting after it. Do you see a end point in the future or does this, is this type of life like just really vibing with you? And do you see an end point eventually, or is this kind of just jamming with you? Yeah, I don't, at this point, I don't see any end point. Mm-hmm. I think, like, in the last, like, two years, I've really kind of just, like, gotten, like, totally comfortable, like, with who I am and, like, what what I do that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And so, it's, like, eventually, you know, but there's so many, like, I'll, like, I'll redo the CDT again probably someday. You know, there's some other trails, I'd Florida Trail I'd redo again. You know, Arizona Trail I'd redo again, you know, just in different directions, you know, because it's so, di- it's so different than... You know, you go through stuff at different seasons, you know, just like you see like the south grain events. I've seen the north grain, mm-hmm. you know, of a trail. So there's just, yeah, there's just so much endless. And there's more routes. Like every year there's like more and more routes being developed. And there's just so much public land out west. It's like you can't, it's impossible to see everything. Even, you know, um, we we're talking about Buck 30 earlier. I mean, he's hiked like 50 million miles and he's still <laughs> finding different crazy trails to do yeah. you know so it's like he can keep doing it for 20 years like why can't i you know I'll, there's there's i'm not gonna run out of miles to do i don't think speaking speak you know of- and i guess one day i'll probably just be bored enough i'll do the north country trail like you did hey hey, so. hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> hold on now let's not go there this is gonna devolve very quickly <laughs> Oh, yeah, they're still pain yeah. in the heart. I think Buck's also. We were talking about winter hiking. I think before we hopped on here, I think he's actually. Have you have you heard about the winter, uh, winter high route, winter something route? Yeah, I just like read his post like yeah. two days ago. Is why I was like thinking of it. Oh, I was dude. just like, man, he's out there again. That so <laughs> just finds it like those like never even heard of this stuff. You know, yeah. that's the thing. It's like I feel like I've like heard of so many different things, and he'll just like do something i'm like i've never heard of that because you know there's probably been like two people who've ever done it kind of a thing 
So, dude, let's very quickly. I want to touch on this because you've said it a few times, and I keep forgetting to touch on it. But the unpopular opinion, like you said, you would go back to do the Florida Trail. You said you love the Florida Trail. You don't hear that a whole lot. So, why? Why did you love the Florida Trail so much? Because you know, it's again, it's it's literally like it is like the Ice Age Trail of the Southeast. Okay. Right, it's like it's so flat it's so easy like when you do meet people that know about it like they really care like they're so passionate about it you know it's, there's only it's only getting better they're getting less roads um i actually like, met a guy this year on the pct who was a florida trail um volunteer and i actually had met him in on on the florida trail and he's like yeah we're trying to make this in number four like there's the big three <laughs> we want to be number four you know and um it's just such different scenery than the rest of this country, for sure. And again, it's just like you can do it in January when there's not much else to hike in January. So you know, the alligators are cool. The uh, just like the different, just the different foliage. You know, the old the oak hammocks. Yeah. You know, when the Florida Trail is amazing, it's so amazing. Like there's a lot of monotony in it, of course. You know, there's some road walking that's terrible in that one. You know, there's like Highway 60, I think it is. That's just like for six miles, it's just like nonstop 60 mile an hour traffic buzzing by you. Yeah. Um, but so much of the time, you're on these like dirt country roads, and you don't see vehicles for miles. You know, so I- it's just. Uh, it's just a good, it's just a good, it's just something to do yeah. that's worth doing. And I asked because like, I'm in the same boat, like there's a beauty to the Florida Trail just because of the difference of types of hike, but it gets a lot of, I don't want to use the word hate, but it gets a lot of like, it's put down a lot for a trail system. And like you said, maybe it's starting to change the mentality around it. People are starting to realize like, no, there's a lot of beauty, even if it's flat miles, even if it's not mountainous, like the swamps. So, yeah, I was just curious why you want, would potentially do it again and why you loved it so much. Yeah, there's a lot of people, I think a lot, like pretty much everybody that gives it flack, though, hasn't done it. Yeah, it's like that's what it. I've generally yeah. discovered. You know, people like just, they, they just hate on it. They're like, oh, it's just flat. I'm like, well, like, yes, like Florida is completely flat, but it's not, there's so much more to it than like climbing mountains every day. Yeah. You know? I think you put it, so. per- I think you put it perfectly, man, because I hadn't, connected those two dots but where that flat comes from is people that haven't experienced it yet mm-hmm. dude all right we talked marmots we talked cows i think we covered all the bases here star lord so <laughs> very last piece um i'm gonna give the platform over to you so people can know where they can catch up with you follow you um so yeah the platform is yours yeah i mean it's just instagram um at chandler's trail stories um i post on there frequently enough i guess okay. so <laughs> not a lot i mostly just like add stuff to the story here and there okay. you know i'll definitely probably not post anything if i'm not on trail i'm not posting stuff so i don't post about like what i'm doing like in my regular life kind of thing it's trying to just like make it trail oriented yeah i mean so. the, the name itself says trail stories right exactly exactly like if you want to like follow my i don't know like you can text me if you want to follow my personal life i guess <laughs> but yeah just just try to just try to keep it positive just try to post cool pictures here and there love it man. you know if i find a good marmot or uh you know whatever man now i just want a marmot only instagram hmm. yeah Jeez. okay no no, no. There's, probably, there's probably one out there man probably... or man you you could just create another one you've already got like six profiles you said so Dude, let's let's hold up man this is another tangent here i absolutely hate the fact that i've had to get instagram for these past two years one because of a business and other reasons but hate it hate it hate it but sadly it's a necessity of life in different ways nowadays but there is going to be a point that i go back to not having instagram yeah oh jeez. all right i almost forgot this last question ramen rating review what what would you give the ice age trail from a one to five um you know, like, I think we were talking about this one time before, like, chili ramen is the actual best ramen, not creamy chicken. Yeah, we were talking um, about this before. <sighs> but, uh, you know, I'd have to go with, you know, oh, man, what is, what's, 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 like, three and a half, four? Um, I think pork was, <laughs> you asked me, I should know this, I think pork was three, and four was roast chicken. Oh, yeah, I don't like most of the chicken flavors. Oh, okay. So what's what's your yeah. what's your uh, scale? Then? I don't know. I guess uh, 
I pretty much just only eat chili, though. It's either chili or beef. <laughs> if I eat ramen, chili. which I eat a lot of ramen, but it's basically just like the chili or the beef ramen. So, but yeah, on your scale, we'll go with the yeah, we'll go with the uh, we'll go with the roast chicken. Nice, nice four. Yeah. That's that's a good hike. Yeah. No. Again, it's just it's all about it. like there's so many bars you can go to, mm-hmm. and you get so much like bar food. So, like, you never have to carry food because you're just like, oh, there's just, like, I can get a bunch of food for really cheap in a couple miles. So I'm just going to, like, do that and not eat the snacks I have. Dude, that was nice, man. I didn't do it the same way as you. I was eating gas station junk, but I should have eaten at oh, more yeah. restaurants. I was eating a lot of gas station junk, too, but oh, basically just any food I didn't have to carry. I was like, oh, warm food of any sorts? Like, sweet. I'll buy that. Oh, dude. So. I packed out Taco Bell one day, and the day after it just rained profusely, and my pack wasn't watertight, so I just like <laughs> drank Taco Bell burritos for that night. Oh, it was man. so sad, oh. man. Was that the one right off the trail by Culver's? Um, it's when you kind of have to go underneath the highway. I forget. It was okay. right off trail though. It was very close. Like you walk through like a shopping mall type thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh. yeah I Jeez, memories that will last a lifetime. Yay. <laughs> yeah, your pack probably still smells like Taco Bell. Oh, dude. Taco Bell or Spam, one of the two. I don't know. All right, I'm going to wrap up the show, man. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thanks for being on and let's having this chat, man. It was fun. Yeah, I know. Yeah, life short, trail shorter. Well, folks, another week, another guest, another episode. We have been really enjoying sharing these stories and really diving into the minds behind the miles, the minds behind the hiker, the minds behind the outdoors person. We have been loving this format. We have been loving the conversations. So yeah, as this show has continued to grow, we have been really loving being able to share all these stories. So if you all really enjoy this show, this episode, this podcast, we would love to hear from you. So please, if you are able, go to Apple Podcasts and Leave us a review, leave us a rating, and let us know. Let us know how you are enjoying the show so we can continue to share and we can continue to spread these stories as we dive into the who and the how, not necessarily the what, as we get to take a look into the minds and really see what makes these hikers tick, really see what makes these hikers, these outdoors people, these climbers continue to want to live a life of adventure. So, yeah, please leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. Like, subscribe. Every little thing really helps us and fuels us to continue to share these stories and to continue to let us have these conversations with more amazing people. And as always, if you have a suggestion, if you know of somebody that you really want to hear on the show or you yourself want to be a guest on the show, please email us at offtrailpodcast or visit our Instagram page at offtrailpodcast and communicate with us through there. Send us a message. Follow along. Get updates on the new guests that are coming out, the new episodes that are coming out. We would love to share your story. We would love to hear from you. Any suggestions, any guests, all are welcome. Hope to see you next week on and off trail.